Hey there, Amazonias. Welcome back to another episode of The Healing Amazonia. As I promised in the last episode, I am joined with Miss Stephanie Merrick. So I'm going to give the floor to Stephanie so she can introduce herself a little bit. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> um, thank you so much for having me on this amazing podcast. I've been keeping up with your topics and it's just so informative, so interesting. I feel so privileged to be a guest on this great platform. Um, yeah, so just an introduction. My name is Stephanie. Um, I am currently doing my second degree in economics, an honors degree, and I am also a beauty editor at Mudhoney, and I write blogs for that as well as, yeah, just I have a passion for like social justice and all these, you know, really important topics that we feel like needs to be spoken about. No, that was perfect. Stephanie, what I know about you is that um, your degrees are like your side hustle. Like your passion for social justice is all you. And like your degrees that you're getting is just the side hustle. And also your blog posts. You guys should go read some of her blog posts. They're so informative, super interesting. Um, nothing like, you know, when you're reading like a blog and you're like, oh, this is very technical. Like I have no idea what this person is saying. I love that you um, make it so that I read it with enjoyment, but still feel like I'm getting an education from it. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about um, essence. And the reason why this topic actually came up is that I was talking to one of my other friends and we were talking about um, like a recent breakup that I had. And she said to me something along the lines of, you know, what's so sad about this is that people who come into your life and they're temporary and you, you choose to love them as if they're permanent, like they can really, really, really mess with your essence. And I was like, <gasps> what? <laughs> and from there, I've just been thinking like, everything is to do with your essence. Everything is to do with your essence and people and things and situations can hinder your essence. And it's not necessarily just, you know, being in a relationship, but also the culture that you were raised in can hinder your essence. Um, or the environment that you were raised in can hinder your essence or the environment that you moved to can hinder your essence because you know we've moved mm -hmm. a lot for university and we've moved countries and stuff and that can change how we are and what it is we see in life and really mess with our core so before um we dive a little deeper because we're going to be asking stephanie about her experience and her essence i'm going to first give a definition of essence because that's because i'm greek and we like to give <laughs> definitions of words. <laughs> so the definition of essence is an intrinsic uh, nature or indispensable quality of something. Me and Stephanie were just talking about this, or Stephanie and I, sorry, we're just talking about this. Mm -hmm. And we concluded that that's basically like who you are at your core, the stuff like right in the middle of your soul that uh, mm -hmm. makes you who you are, that sometimes gets covered up with a, a whole bunch of of other stuff. Um, Stephanie, anything to add to that definition? Um, yeah, like, I think it's the part of you that, you know, is just unapologetically you, you know, like, if, if all the other external factors didn't exist, that's just who you are. And yeah, like we said, your core, basically. So Stephanie does get affected by all sorts of things. And um, it's a shame, really. It is a shame. And today we're going to talk a lot about um, culture. So before we like dive into culture, 
Stephanie, can you tell us where like you were raised and what type of culture it is we have? And um, mm. then we can go a bit deeper into other things. Yeah, so um, I was raised in Malawi, as I think you were as well. So uh, I would really say Malawian culture is quite conservative, in my opinion. Um, regardless of what community you feel you're a part of, I think all across the board it is quite conservative compared to like what I've seen in South Africa and you know even just what you see on social media and TV and stuff like I think we would be classed as conservative um, also probably because quite like I say maybe a God-fearing country nation mm -hmm. that also plays a, a huge role in like the sort of conservativeness I would say um yeah I think that's really my opinion of the culture and uh not saying it's a bad thing it it has its benefits and its limitations um but personally I felt quite limited to it um but yeah we can go into that a little what do you think like what do you feel about Malawi I definitely I hear you on the conservativeness like especially after having moved abroad um there and like as you said it's not a bad thing like there are things about Malawi that exist that I don't necessarily find like a terrible thing and is that because I can dip in and out or is that because it's not terrible like I kind of like when I go to Malawi that the boys look after me you know like all my guy friends go out of their way to look after me make sure that I get home make sure that I'm like taken care of and it's not really a quality I experience so much over here but it's not necessarily a bad thing but if I lived in Malawi would I like that would I feel suffocated I don't know <laughs> the fact that I go dip in for holiday I'm like oh this is wonderful you're picking me up you're <laughs> dropping me home this is fantastic you don't ask for any uh, gas money this is great <laughs> like, well, I, I definitely appreciate that as well. Yeah, the, the I guess the patriarchy kind of has its benefits. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole taking care of you thing. Yeah, it is something that you don't really see anywhere else um, to that extent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the definitely. I'm not saying like it is it, the conservative lesson stuff and tradition, traditional as well. Traditional I think is also yeah. the way to describe it. It's not a bad thing. Um, I I do like tradition in some in certain respects. Um, but yeah, that's something else about Malawi is that Malawi is a very uh, collectivist nation. So in terms of there's like a, a thing that psychologists will use to try and understand not not just psychologists, but they'll try to understand like your background and they'll look at where you came from in terms of and the, how the country is rated in terms of individualism versus collectivism. So into the mm -hmm. individualism are countries like the United States of America, where everything is much more like based on you and how well you can do and how what you and you and you and you and you, you know, yeah. which is great. You focus on your self-worth, you focus on you, you focus on your job, you focus, it's you, you know, whereas Malawi is very collectivist and collectivist just kind of means um, you do things for the community or you do things for your family and like you're very um, image based on your family. So you, you're careful to do or be in certain ways because could bring dishonor upon the family <laughs> maybe like not that dramatic but um I definitely know for myself that when I was younger we always had talking to by our parents to be like what would your uncles and aunties say <laughs> like oh <laughs> oh yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So sometimes like we're driven by what others will say because we're very um, image oriented because we are a collectivist nation. And collectivism has its great qualities as well where we are able to support each other and um, look after one another. And you, you never feel really alone, I guess. I mean, yeah. like you could, but maybe less so. And people who come from collectivist countries are less likely to um, take part in like self-harm or to take part in uh, like suicide. I didn't know that, that's interesting. Um, no, but it is, I think it is a great thing to, to, to have that. But then I feel if you're someone who sort of maybe goes against the grain, you can feel quite isolated. And yeah. I think in certain respects, I've experienced that too. Um, but yeah, like I think there's pros and cons to both types of individual versus collectivism. Definitely, definitely pros and cons. Um, now I'm going to like dive into a couple of questions that I want to ask you because I, you know, I highlighted a little bit like the good things about our culture and like you highlighted the good things. Um, and we've, we've, we've touched a little bit on, um, on the things that maybe we felt uh, hindered us or isolated us. You used a really great word. You were like, it could feel very isolating. And we've talked about this a lot um, on like our personal phone calls, where sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> where sometimes it can feel like uh, suffocating. Like I remember oh. when we first started our Instagram pages, like our food Instagram pages, and we were like, we we're just so scared to post any food because we were scared exactly. of like the judgment of others. <laughs> yeah, the anxiety was just insane. Even like when I had my Twitter account and I was posting about like social media, gender-based violence, things that are really, really important to me. Like I, I, I was losing sleep over the anxiety. Like I was so like, oh my God, what are people? Because I actually got asked, did you go through, which is such a personal question. Did you go through something like that? Why are you so passionate about it? I'm like, because I'm human, because I have emotions and I empathize, like, hello, um, like whether or not this kind of happened, whatever, like, it's just, it's, <laughs> and I thought it just really gets in your head, like. <laughs> it does, it gets in your head, but that's like a part of collectivism. We were so scared about what others would think because we have this like collectivist like background, you know, and like in, in essence, it can hinder what your essence is. Like you have this passion for like social justice and stuff but you might even feel like a little shy to speak about it or anxious to speak about what you know is right because exactly. you're scared about what other people would perceive it as. Like, is she just a crazy bitch? Is she an angry feminist? What's happening here? Like, angry. The angry label was so, I was so self-conscious about it. And I was just like, like, ugh. and I hate that I care so much sometimes. Like, it's okay to be angry as well, you know? Like, that's a valid emotion when it comes to certain things. Like, it's it's, anyway <laughs> you're right yeah no, you're 100 right it's it's okay to be angry uh anger is actually one of our primary emotions and it's okay to experience it as long as we don't like simmer in it you know if you hold on to anger that's when it um turns into resentment and resentment is actually very like detrimental for your health but you're right ang- like to be angry is not um is not a a bad emotion to experience it's it's an it's an emotion that we should be experiencing from time to time it's part of what would keep us healthy um Stephanie Ugh. growing up can you describe some of the cultural expectations that you felt stunted you from experiencing or showing off the essence that lay within you 
Absolutely. <laughs> I got lots of like, <laughs> um, no, like I think growing up and being a woman and being a woman of color and whatever, like there's just this, I don't know, like expectation of you to kind of, you know, be quiet and look pretty and be submissive and, you know, again, strongly backed by maybe religion, you know, submissiveness, whatever, be agreeable, be like feminine and, and, uh, Again, that might be fine for some people and you're happy being that way, but like I felt um, quite limited in some respects because, um, you know, I've legit been told at times, like, oh, you won't find a husband if you have a kind of attitude. Like I'm literally, <laughs> told that. and I'm just like, what do you mean? Because I stood up for myself or I, or, you know, used my voice. And um, it's a shame because that again gets into my head and it mess messes with my essence because you know there are parts of me that are really fiery and like you know I get sometimes called lioness and I like that I like that part of me but at the same time I, I get self-conscious because I'm like yeah maybe I won't find a husband like <laughs> you know <laughs> you know like those kind of things which is, it's so annoying that it, it does bother you but like you said like it's it's okay to admit that because you you don't want to always feel like you're going against the grain in that sense. Um, and again, what we talked about, like having passions about certain things and using your voice to speak up for people and just feeling like you're going to be perceived as like extra angry, ranting, um, that really like uh, definitely made me even stop for a second because those I, I did I did kind of stop because of my own peace of mind because it was also affecting my mental health. Um, but also part of it was like, you know, I'm really like becoming this known for this, just being ranting. Like, <laughs> like I hate, yeah, people are like, oh yeah, Steph, you're ranting again. I'm like, it's not rants though. These are like, you know, these are really important to me. Also, another thing I found was like, I don't know if you experienced this, but like, certain like articulating yourself in a certain way. I don't know if like using certain vocabulary and stuff like that like in situations where you just be like, maybe I should tone it down and because you would I would get ridiculed for like why do you say such words I'm just like this is just how I talk or <laughs> your accent or you know just anything that doesn't fit the norm having like an educated opinion or whatever like it would just you would really be shut down straight away for that like you know like who do you think you are kind of vibe um so that kind of stuff but I've, I've tried like as I've gotten older not to not to care about how I I do uh, articulate myself and present myself because that's just who I am. Like even having interests and hobbies that may not be like mainstream that don't include boozing every weekend and stuff like mm. that, you know. Mm. The boozing is a big teased. thing. <laughs> Dude, and you, you get teased for like acting white or talking like a white person. I'm like, what <laughs> just because, you know, like that used to really get to me. I'm just like, just leave me. <laughs> Also, um, what's yeah. acting white? What's acting like anyways? You can't really, exactly. you know, you're just what, you. Exactly. What What is that? Um, I don't know how, how you felt. Like, do you have any experiences where you felt like you were being limited by cultural expectations? Um, when I was in Malawi, I didn't know that I was being limited by cultural expectations. It was when I went abroad and then I was like, oh, <laughs> what? Like you mentioned... Um, in the, right in the beginning, you mentioned we were trained to kind of be like agreeable and like polite and quiet. Yeah. And then you go out into the outside world and that's not like 
in other countries or in other places, number one, it's not a good way. It's not, it's not good for your safety, number one, because you're always trying to be agreeable and polite and you put yourself in like weird, awkward situations where you might be like, we have boundaries. Ooh, ooh. It's and it's and you don't <laughs> you don't realize because like you're just so yeah. agreeable in Malawi and like <laughs> the amount of times that I've like done like I remember I used to work um I used to work night shift somewhere and sometimes it would be like um uh men would come in and wait for like customers to arrive um and they would like knock on the door and because I was just like ooh I can't say no them coming in I'll be left alone with this man in like the building and I'm like this is actually very dangerous for me but because mm-hmm. in my head I was thinking of all the ways I could be polite and all mm-hmm. the ways that I should be like agreeable I was like okay this is what I, I like I have to do but I'm risking my safety whereas people mm-hmm. here like um that's a no I'm a girl you're gonna stay in your car <laughs> yeah yeah no I think that it really does like make you not have any boundaries because you're just like trying to be pleasing everyone and like likable and yeah no <laughs> true it's done. and what I've noticed about a lack of boundaries is that if you never establish your own boundaries you never truly understand your own essence like if you never establish what makes you feel good or not good or establish like this is my line you will never know your true essence and even though your essence is there hiding somewhere within you you'll never understand what makes you tick and what pisses you off and what excites you and what you just won't stand for and you'll let people walk all over you and there's something about people exploiting you that further hinders your ability to reach your essence you know it like picks away your soul like I get that completely yeah it really really does you also mentioned um about like going against the grain and how that can get tiring and you're right so sometimes you're there and you know who you are and you're saying like people call you like lioness and like you like the fiery parts of you but to be you every day and for every day someone to be like why are you being like this it becomes mm-hmm. tiring and that as well like eats away at your soul you're like you're 100 percent right when you said that like it gets tiring it gets exhausting and then you end up not being you because mm-hmm. you're so tired of fighting people for who you are just naturally just what you are just i'm a little fiery it's who i am yeah. and usually like Exactly. And, and and that does change your persona. Like it, it has, because like I have realized that, okay, I can be quite introverted at times and like closed off. And, and is it, is it just because I'm protecting my peace or am I just trying to like, not be this, you know, fiery person, you know, like <laughs> it's just one of those things. It sucks. Like you, but it does actually affect who you are. Like, hundred percent it affects who you are at a hundred percent degree um and then when it comes to discovering your essence or redefining your essence or rediscovering who you are it can be very very difficult do you have a time in your life when like you left Malawi for example and um you became aware of like an expectation or the expectations uh, that we have in Malawi, like you became aware that those expectations weren't the only expectations to live your life by. Absolutely. Like, I think moving away from home, your home country is probably the best thing anyone can ever do if they want to like really grow and figure out who they are. Um, and this is the hill I will die on <laughs> because I really do think that you need to really be out of that environment to really figure out who the hell you are. Um, and see that there are other ways to be and, and live and, and you know, um, 
but also, I mean, there are people that move away across across you know continents and still stay stuck in there. So you kind of have to also be willing to yeah. and have that mindset you want to to change and grow and whatever. Yeah. So being in South Africa, of course, it's not very far from Malawi, and there are a lot of similarities in in some respects. Um, but for me, I definitely felt like I was placed out of my comfort zone and seeing how South African women specifically express themselves so differently was such a breath of fresh air for me because like the confidence, just being unapologetically yourself, just speaking your mind and not, you know, like not being so self-conscious of what others are saying around you. Like that for me was quite a culture shock. I was like, wow, people really don't give a fuck here. Like <laughs> the women, and, and it was so nice to see women like that. It was so inspiring um and um yeah definitely like inspired me as well to like find my voice I think if I hadn't had the opportunity to come here I definitely would have like I look back at who I was three four years ago and I'm like wow no <laughs> completely different person um yeah so being exposed to that and and also I think making and surrounding yourself with like genuine friendships that truly like support your growth was also a big change of big game changer for me um because I think one of my struggles for a large part of my life was that I didn't really feel like I was accepted within the community of color community um explain, <laughs> no explain that for some international people because you, you mentioned like the okay. quote-unquote colored community I know we have like some Americans that listen um and they'll be like okay. what did she say <laughs> so <laughs> yeah no, no not not okay so within Southern Africa, um, the term colored is a specific race of people that are essentially mixed race. Um, some people are mixed, maybe first generation, others have been mixed four generations. And within Malawi, the, the, the usual mix is like black and Indian or colored. Yeah, people. Malawi is the only Southern African country in which um, the mixed race community is majority Indian and black mix whereas yeah. every other southern african country has a majority mix of white and black yeah yeah um and i feel like in malawi without like you could be considered colored if you're brown like there's no real i think it's like skin deep to a certain degree um yeah like or, or you would fit into that community just if just being brown like someone will just call you oh yeah you're colored like not really i think in south africa is a big definition between being mixed race and being colored like there's a huge uh, difference but yeah essentially that's what the community is um yeah so I, I I'd never really felt like completely accepted um no matter how much I try to conform um at the expense of just being myself and my essence um and I think wanting to be accepted is, is a is a basic physiological need like it's, it's okay to to admit that you want to be part of a group I mean you, no man is an island you want to feel part of something bigger than you you want to feel validated and that's that's fine but I I did struggle with that for most of my I would say adolescence so I don't think I really thought about it as a kid um and yeah I remember speaking to someone a few years ago who literally completely shifted my perspective and said it's literally like you're, it's not about fitting in like it's not that you don't fit in it's that you stand out and that like completely shifted my my view on like the whole negative stigma around like being a misfit or whatever. Um, 
And again, that goes to like surrounding yourself with people that actually really affirm you in that way. And I think that makes a big difference to finding your essence and, and you know, not really um, limiting yourself to any cultural expectations. So yeah, um, that's definitely that's been my experience. And, and yourself? I think like, obviously, like the little interactions you have, you realize uh, there's a different type of expectation or there's a different way to doing things than what you were like raised with. I think for me was um, when I, I've lived like, so I lived in America for a year and that was just me like carrying on my Malawi shenanigans, drinking with my new American friends. And then I moved to (laughs) every day. And then I moved to uh, the UK and I, if there's something about us is that I don't know why we we move abroad and like we always try to find ourselves with more Malawians like always always I I think it's it's a testament to how great like friendships can be in Malawi but for whatever reason that's what we like I don't know that's what we try to do so I found myself a Malawian boyfriend and (laughs) (laughs) um he's like Malawian as in his heritage is but his he he grew up in South Africa for a little bit And then his mom got married to a German. So his stepdad was German. And I remember he was cleaning the house. I remember thinking like, um, hello. (laughs) 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 And he was making me food. And I remember being like, um, hello. (laughs) What's my job? (laughs) And I think that was the first time, like I had watched like maybe like my cousins from abroad like that be with like how they are with their husbands or their male significant others and I remember thinking like that's what pussies do that's not <laughs> what men do I was the first- <laughs> what are you doing cleaning <laughs> what are you doing cleaning that's for us stop it <laughs> but also I hate I hate being the only one to clean. Like, I think it's like the worst thing in the world. Like, why am I doing all this work for us? You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was the first time that I saw that. And uh, it was like his exposure, but then it was my exposure to him within the United Kingdom. And I think, and then like, I started to see more and more people like around me with, what's it called? Like, um, I think like in, in Greek, they have like a saying that they say like the cotton was removed from your eyes. Like you can now see clearly. Oh, that yeah. there's just different ways of doing things like you can yeah. be a man and clean the house and that's 100% okay you're still a man you know mm-hmm. it's sure. not woman's work to clean a house for your basic necessities and needs like you should know how to do your own laundry that's it's just basic. like a person thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's actually so that's actually so crazy um yeah I think the gender role thing is so deep in, in our culture like Malawian culture like yeah you you really are expected to to do women's work (laughs) I remember Mm -hmm. one time Stephanie we were having a conversation and this is when like I had just discovered like feminism and I went I was going in ham because you know you got to (laughs) overcompensate for the years that you lost in the beginning (laughs) and I remember we were talking to one of our friends Suhail and I he said something to us you know how he likes to like you know how he likes to tease us to the point where we would get upset. So I think yeah. he had said something along the lines of like, uh, you'll, you'll find it in the kitchen where you belong. And yeah. I, 
<laughs> he was joking though and I went in ham I was just like fuck you fuck this you you think we gotta cook it's gonna be you fucking people that can cook fast da, 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 da. and then you put up your like you put a little emoji there with like a little hand you're like can I still cook <laughs> I like it I enjoy it can I still cook <laughs> literally yeah yeah i actually remember this conversation yeah i guess when you when you actually realize that like the way you were brought up is kind of fucked up and like there is more to life <laughs> and then like you know you, you go you go a certain extreme but you realize like okay it's also okay to do things because you like them even though maybe it is you know fitting into some role but um yeah that <laughs> that's actually so funny yeah i remember that Oh, my friend studied um uh, the friend I was with yesterday Chrissy you know her she went to Bishop yeah. McKenzie uh she studied um gender and race is like her major so she's like very very knowledgeable on like different stuff and uh she put it in like a really great way yesterday because like I've obviously calmed down since the beginning of me discovering feminism I understand mm-hmm. that it's a choice it's a choice if you want to be a housewife, that's a choice. That's the whole point of feminism. Yeah. It's not to say that now you can never be a housewife. Um, yeah. And if you don't want to change your name, that's also your choice. I'm not going to ever change my name. And my kids might even have my name. Fuck my husband. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's it's meant to be like a a, a choice in yeah. in like the matter. So she mentioned yesterday that like she, to be like a feminist, it's to provide a choice. It's not to say one way or the other way is the correct way mm-hmm. of being. And that is 100% true. And when you live abroad from Malawi, and you can also obviously discover this in Malawi, like you said, it's also mm-hmm. a lot to do with will. You can move across the world. And if you're not willing to, to learn something new, you won't learn. In the same way that okay. if you live in Malawi, you can also have you a mindset. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The will yeah. to grow. Can you describe... What helps you um, keep exploring your essence? What keeps you ticking? What keeps you trying to keep discovering yourself? Um, okay, so I think for me, what helps me, and I'll go back to the whole thing of like uh, the company you keep, because I think for me, like one of my love languages is affirmation. and. Um, just surrounding yourself with really like positive, genuinely supportive people has has really helped to remind me like I am a bad bitch. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> who you who you let in and who you give access to is, is I think. But also I know I'm I'm quite like sensitive, um, sensitive to people's energies and stuff. So I, I do try to 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 ensure that people around me speak my love language in that way. Um, yeah, it's because those affirmations do help, especially by when it comes from someone who you respect, who you love, who you have a mutual like you know, level of respect for. Yeah, and in terms of challenging those expectations, I try like every day, not always, but like I try to every day to sort of push myself out of my comfort zone. Um, and in that sense, I mean like taking the that whole label of like feeling like a misfit, turning it into something positive. Um, and actually embracing it by doing things that, you know, um, a couple of years I would never do. <laughs> like I will go to a cafe by myself and enjoy the coffee and, 
you know, and, and do things that go for walks alone, things that I enjoy to do, enjoy doing, and I don't need someone around to do that. Um, it's also I suffer from social anxiety. So it's a really big step to, <laughs> to like do certain things like that. Um, also, one thing I recently overcame was going to the gym alone, um, something I never used to do. And, and that for me is a huge step in, in pushing like those things. Because those are things that even in Malawi, like people will look at you like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> we get teased um, for doing stuff alone. Like I remember when people would go eat at restaurants alone, we'd be like, no friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, and it's, it's a shame because exact thing is like I was one of those douchebags. So I was like, oh my god, loser! Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know. Um, and and you realize now that like that is so brave, that is so cool, that is so admirable to like have that level of security that you can do these activities by yourself um and enjoy your own company like damn that person had their essence down they just enjoy their own company eating alone at a restaurant damn it's kind of dope so like yeah <laughs> if you can't enjoy your own company how do you expect other people to enjoy your company exactly. um also making the first move with people like shooting friendship shots is something i never used to do like never ever but um i really made a conscious effort to try and like speak to different people and one of the things I was telling my friend the other day was like I'm so grateful to be at this in this environment where I get the privilege of meeting the coolest people every single day if I'm on campus like I will bump into someone and have the most interesting conversations and meet different people who literally I think are a little bit like me as well, you know, because I think once you just are accepting of yourself being like, okay, yeah, you're not really like everyone else, you kind of, you're just your own vibe. You kind of attract that, people like that too. And yeah, like I've, I've had such amazing interactions with really interesting people. And it's something I don't take for granted at all. <laughs> so yeah, putting yourself out there a little bit every day is how I feel like I'm able to challenge those culture expectations because again that would be something that you would be ridiculed ridiculed for um and yeah I look back now at how far I've come with trying to like break away from that and not letting it cripple my growth um and another thing which I also started working on in talk therapy was like speaking up for myself when I'm not happy about something going back to trying to be agreeable and what I like like no I really make an effort to like speak up for myself, use my voice. Even speaking up when I'm totally, like not totally happy about something and like actually, you know, realizing that you know, my, my needs are important was something that I um, had to work on in talk therapy. But yeah, just like using my voice more in situations in, rather than trying to be like, oh, nicey, nicey, agreeable, whatever, go with the flow, cool girl. No, like I'll... <laughs> I'll try to, to definitely like speak up and stand up for myself. Um, where your inner, where, and like your inner voice is telling you like, don't be that girl, don't bring too much attention to yourself, don't be extra. Because that inner voice I feel comes from those cultural like, you know, influences that tell yeah. you, yeah, don't, don't be extra. So yeah, those are my, those are my ways of challenging those expectations. Um, how have you managed to sort of challenge them? Honestly, probably the same sort of stuff. Like, just like you, I'm sensitive. And just like like you, my love language is like 
uh, words of affirmation and uh, mm -hmm. acts of service. So like acts mm -hmm. of service, uh, in Malawi, the boys have down. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do. They really do. Yeah, they do. And your and like your parents, they also have like. Well, I guess also depends like what how your parents um are with you. But I think for like the most part, um, parents know in Malawi that their obligation is to provide for you, and that they, for the most part, to provide for you, and that they're there to give you a better life than they had and stuff. So, I got those in Malawi, mm -hmm. but the words of um affirmation I think where we I think we love each other a lot in Malawi I think we're less likely to tell each other we love each other a lot in Malawi yeah or I agree less likely to praise each other as well I, I agree I think it's this thing of like not trying to give you too much of an ego to tell you that maybe you're good at something or tell you that you know oh you look you know you're beautiful whatever like that kind of thing God, we kind of want to keep you humble which is just Ugh, guys <laughs> right like, those those things go such a long way especially for like if it is your love language it does go such a long way in love. it does it goes so, it, it really feeds your soul if someone I mean yeah. also don't get external validation do it for yourself first I get it but <laughs> it helps like we're gonna be lying to say if, it, if we say it doesn't help exactly then Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's okay to admit that you want to be accepted and, and you want to be validated. It's part of human nature. So, yeah. I, I think something uh, that you said um, that will not leave my mind that I guess your friend said to you is that it's not that you don't fit in, it's that you stand out. And I think uh, having an understanding that not fitting in is, is okay has been the my biggest weapon in trying to grow myself and like obviously we get stuck mm -hmm. in old mindsets like what raised us has made us you know but it doesn't have to keep us stuck but definitely that phrase is gonna be I'm gonna put that into my uh, briefcase of thoughts <laughs> so that when <laughs> I'm feeling like why do I fit in nowhere it'll just be easy if I go back yeah. home I can just pull that out and it's okay to stand out and it's what it's a positive thing absolutely I think in terms of exploring though you also mentioned talk therapy I think talking it out especially mm -hmm. if you're not a naturally reflective person I think therapy number one is good for everyone number two especially if you're not a reflective person therapy can be very very beneficial because if you are a reflective person therapy is still beneficial mm -hmm. in helping you get your like thoughts and everything in order but <laughs> Um, if you're not reflective, you might not even have an awareness. Whereas if you're reflective, you have the awareness. So talk therapy for me has definitely, yeah, has definitely been helpful as well um, in helping me align my different awarenesses and having someone else challenge my thoughts. I'll be like, but this, and they will be like, but why would you even want that? I'm like, hmm. <laughs> and this is not your friend, you know, like they're not there to like yeah. unbiasedly support you. So yeah yeah no I, I i think two things you'll never regret is going to the gym and going to therapy <laughs> everyone can benefit from it in some way <laughs> oh my gosh i'm gonna write that down too <laughs> putting it into my briefcase of um, thoughts two things i'll never regret is going to the gym and going to therapy and, and don't you think it's such a red flag of people like oh therapy is not for me i'm like dude therapy is for everyone the same way brushing your teeth is for everyone like <laughs> like what do you Thera mean it's not for you 
Yeah. What I've also realized though, is that there's uh, people who have gone through therapy and have had bad therapists will think therapy is not for them. That's yeah. And that's one thing I, I, I definitely am. I'm aware of as well that you, again, the, the person helping you is a human being. You're going to have their limitations. And I think I mentioned this in my latest blog on mental health. You got to be aware that like there will be cultural barriers, racial barriers, gender barriers that make it very difficult for you to connect with your therapist. But like, if you can stick it out or because sometimes you can sort of learn each other and, and get used to or whatever and other times I mean you can always just find someone else um I did that I I, I think I jumped around like maybe five different till I found someone who really got me um but yeah I love it. that you jumped around I recently <laughs> went to a therapy session and I was therapizing my therapist so I was like how does that make you feel <laughs> And then I felt bad to not to have another session. So then I was like, I'll just have one more session and I'll never show up again. But why am I even doing that? Why am I trying to please this person? Why am I trying to be yeah. agreeable? Like you see, it's those things. It's those things. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. It's so embedded in us that you like, I mean, it's good that you're conscious of it. Like, it's good that you're like, okay, wait a minute. This is not, like, this is not a good thing. I shouldn't be trying to make others, my therapist happy. <laughs> But yeah, no, it is so strongly embedded in us. Yeah, it is. It's so, and it's it's honestly very. Uh, it's crazy how I've lived out of the country for like now ten years, and it's still very much a part of me. You know, it's mm. so embedded. It's so deeply entrenched in, and I would say that it's not necessarily my essence, but it's so intertwined with my essence that it's very hard to like to like slowly cut away at it without causing damage to my essence. Like, I feel like there's going to be scar tissue to my core. Yeah, yeah. because it's so intertwined. So yeah. I'm trying my best to like minimize the scar tissue to my core mm. as I'm trying to cut away from like certain cultural expectations. Mm. But you can think of it in a way like you're remolding. Yes. Mm. It doesn't have to be a scar. It can just be a different mold of what you're supposed to really be true true it isn't easy at all I can relate to that you feel so guilty at times you're just like but you're important too and then you should you should do what you feel like is you should be who you are and there there is room for that in this world yeah so Amen. Say that again. Say it loud for the people in the back. There's room for you in this world. <laughs> exactly. Stephanie, when you were, if you were to see yourself at 15 again, and you saw a little 15-year-old Stephanie like walking past and she stopped to like speak to you, what advice would you give her? Um, actually, to be honest, like I think 15, 15-year-old me was a lot less self-conscious than I am now. Um, and I say this because every time like Facebook reminds you of how cringy you were, you those Facebook memories. Yeah. Like I read the status as an update and I'm thinking, who did I think I was? Like, you know, I think I was a lot more like fearless um, at, at 15. Um, but if I, if I could go back, I would definitely encourage myself to stick to a lot of things that I really enjoyed when I was younger, but sort of stopped doing because of these same like barriers that I, that I let get to my head. Um, 
And one of those things in particular was actually performance arts. Mm. That was something I really enjoyed growing up. Like I, I would even say to the point where I would have people tell me, this is your talent, your God-given talent. Like being on stage, performing, not like drama, drama, theater and all that stuff. Um, it was so much fun for me. And I really regret not sticking with that. That's, that's something, of course, it's not too late to get back into that. But I mean, I, I just think if I had stuck with that and not cared what people think, because again, that was a white activity. What are you doing mm-hmm. trying to be white? Um, I, I don't know where I would have been today. Like I could have probably even majored in like a drama or whatever. Mm. So yeah, I definitely, I think and there's certain activities like that that I just wish, I wish I had kept up with those things. Would have been such a multifaceted human being, but again, it's not too late. It's never too late. So yeah, that's a, uh, wish I could tell myself, just stick with it. You shouldn't care what. It's never too late and we, sh- we can't live in regret, but I, I definitely understand like what you're saying in the sense of like, now you have to rebuild the confidence. Like you already had momentum going and then it stopped because, you know, it was a quote unquote white activity. So you're like, let me not do this anymore. And uh, yeah, now you just got to like restart the momentum, which it can be difficult, especially when you have so many other things going on like I know you're studying for exams right now masters are hectic so I know you're doing the most it's time to be here because I know it's a lot <laughs> but yeah no it's excited to be like I've been looking forward to this <laughs> for a long time because I think it's such an important conversation as well I think a lot of people probably are going through this and and, and wish they could have someone to relate to what, what about you like what would you tell 15 year old Maria like honestly I would tell her that um People pleasing doesn't get you liked. It gets mm. you used. I'll tell her that straight away. That uh, oh. trying to keep everyone happy, it keeps it keeps you like quote unquote around, but it keeps you around because you're being used, not because you're liked for your personality. I would rather be liked for being difficult than to be uh, kept around because I could be used. I completely agree with that because if you put your boundaries and your friends get upset with those boundaries, like ask yourself, why would they get upset with you just trying to protect you know what you're comfortable with <laughs> and yeah that is that is so true like I remember growing up and certain friends would actually get upset okay so if I say no I won't have friends so I have to say yes and it's like mm. that's just messed up like it's so messed up um because I remember growing up and and just with certain friends if I did say no to certain things then they would like you know maybe not speak to me for a few days and, and mm-hmm. gap me out and I realized okay so saying no means I won't have friends so if I need friends I just say yes and that is really like manipulative and and toxic and it just makes you it just creates you this like yeah, people pleasing kind of mentality and I think a lot of uh, women in Malawi like struggle with that and need to unlearn that yeah, like I think uh, where I think obviously people pleasing is a characteristic that a lot of people can have. I think women fall victim to it uh, more often than not, especially from like collectivist communities. Mm. And like women in Malawi are like also badass. Like I think all the moms I knew, uh, apart from a few, all had like their own businesses and like had their shit together. But I think yeah. like that aspect of personality and stuff was definitely like I'm going to run my business, but I also have to do this, you know? so 
Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. Now, I was just going to say, like, also, um, even when, you, when people like trying to teach women how to put your boundary in, like, but you must say no in like a cordial way and say no in like a, you know, like, you, or, you know, like, you feel like you're saying no, you must have an excuse to back it up and proof and evidence that you can't do this. And it's like, you can just be like, no, full stop. <laughs> yeah, you can just be like, no. But like, yeah. we feel like, okay, we have to be, no, because I have to go pick up the kids and my mom is actually wanting me to do this and I have to go do that. And I have to like, just say no. You'll even lie. You'll even make up a story just because <laughs> you don't want to seem like mean or disagreeable or whatever, like, you know, Ugh, crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. You will, you'll literally be like, um, no, because I have a doctor's appointment. It's like, why are you being... <laughs> You don't have anything. Just say you're tired or just say no. Just say, yeah, no. Exactly. <laughs> it's a no. It's a no for me. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> Stephanie, thank you so much for your time. This was fun. Like I always love our catch-ups and we've actually been uh, due for one for a long time because we haven't had really a catch-up in a while. I'm sure you're going to be on this podcast again. I love our conversations. We'll brainstorm Yay. something else and after your exams, you'll okay. be... <laughs> a guest speaker again thank you so much for your time I always 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 love your input I always 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 love your perspective I always always love our conversation and how uh it's always a safe between us to have a difference of opinion but still hear each other I think that's very rare not everyone you're definitely one of those people in my life that I really am so grateful for and like respect and love because there there is just genuine like friendship there and I'm I'm it's a shame that it only happened with <laughs> like a thousand miles apart. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Like always learned so much from you as well. So thanks, girl. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you to all our listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Um, join us in maybe two weeks again. Well, join me. Maybe Stephanie will be on, I don't know. Uh, join me in two weeks. We might be talking about codependency because that's a thing. And that ties into people pleasing. So what a nice little segue. Bye, everyone. Bye.